Welcome back to the Standing Room Only podcast with Goose and Healy. We have a lot to talk about. Is uh, the semifinals, conference semifinals, were last week. They finished in between episodes. We got the conference finals happening right now. They're already a, a game or two in, depending on what conference you're watching. We have a little bit of baseball news, a little bit of NFL news. We already have NBA teams making some progress towards making their teams better. Crazy how that can happen. But big, pretty big episode. As always, make sure you download the episode. You can always delete it whenever. Best way to show support. You can follow our social media page at SROnlyPod. We've been putting out polls, more content here and there. We're trying to get better with that. We did put out a poll on LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards last week, too. We could talk about that this week. And you can follow our personal pages. Mine is at the Healy Six. And this is Goose. You can follow me at iGoose with four O's. As always, don't ask why. Make sure you hit that follow button. Stay interactive. Let's discuss the 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 playoffs. Let's discuss NFL news, MLB. It doesn't matter. Whatever's on your mind, we like to shoot the shit, as they call it. As always, as always, make sure you're hitting that download button. So as Healy said. Uh, we did have some polls out, but before we get into anything, we have a special announcement for next week's episode. Drum roll, please. So, uh, Daniel Gafford of the Washington Wizards in the NBA, forward, up-and-coming, potential future star, uh, future looks bright. He is going to be on our episode next week. Make sure you guys tune in to that episode next week um it's going to be a big one it's going to be our first nba star on the episode we've had historically we've had mlb players it's our first nba player it's going to be a fun one we're going to talk about his come up through the nba and the nba playoffs so you do not want to miss next week's episode yes super excited to have our first nba player on the podcast We've had MLB guys on before. We have an NBA player. The only other one we need is pretty much an NFL. We're set for the main three sports that we talk about. And, of course, it's the one guy that we've hyped up since, like, before last year, since the podcast has been around. So it's, yeah. like, it's crazy how full circle this is This is happening. 2019. Uh, yeah. Daniel does stream on Twitch. I was able to connect with him there. Plays a lot of games. He does, as I said, stream. We'll promote his social media stuff then. And he'll probably talk about it a little bit. We're just going to be talking about life and whatnot. And uh, probably his experience in Chicago and now Washington. So if you guys are excited, make sure to be on the lookout next week for it. So I, I'm excited. Dustin's excited. Daniel's excited. probably excited as well. Yes, yes. But that's not going to take away from the awesome episode we have for you guys today. It almost seems like a whirlwind of so much happening in the NBA between, as Healy said, yeah, signings, trades, playoffs, teams that are in the conference finals, 
while other teams are still in the conference semifinals. Now, obviously, everything has wrapped up the East and the West matchup. Um, before we do get into uh, anything crazy, we do want to recap uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, the Western Conference semifinals, we already had uh, witnessed the Suns and Four, as you will. Shout out to Mr. Suns and Four. That dude is probably the face of the franchise now. <laughs> they took care of Denver. We talked about that. The Clippers took care of Utah in six games. All without, I don't want to say all, but the last couple of games without Kawhi uh, with that knee injury. Sprained yes. ACL, potentially more. We don't really know. He's still out, obviously. Um, Paul George coming up big. Pandemic yeah. P, playoff P coming up big in that series against, I think Utah's, like I said, Utah to me is not a true number one seed. It just worked out that way this year. Um, but I liked the matchup of Utah against the Kawhi Leonard lists <laughs> Clippers. And we saw some guys step up that throughout the years we've known to be good, but, you know, may have fallen off due to bigger names and bigger talent on the team in the Clippers, such as Reggie Jackson and other players, obviously play. Or they were unknown like Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome performance in that series in game was it game five he had a huge game was that his 39 point game or 30 they won it in six so Mm -hmm. yeah i would assume so it's funny because when i did a nba 2k like my gm last year for 2k 20 i traded for terrence mann and he was like on my team just as like a player so that's just cool when you see guys like step up that you've had in like a franchise and they're just random people stepping up for teams Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh that I love that. I love that with when you kind of correlates with like 2K or like, you know, obviously MLB with the show and stuff like that. But um, Terrence Mann's proven to be a potential key piece for the future of the Los Angeles Clippers. So that was game six where he dropped 39 points alongside with uh, Don- Donovan Mitchell had a damn good series. Um for Utah. I don't think he's ever had a bad series in his short career so far. No. Love watching him play. I definitely he's one of the guys where in 10, 15 years you really hope he can win one. He can win a title over there. Utah's very tough because they're so defensive minded. And now with the addition of Mitchell in the last few years, he's kind of trying to turn that around. Um but Rudy Gobert did not step up in this series. And Mike Conley got hurt. And so that was kind of just the way the, the pieces fell. The puzzle pieces fell in order, and or the dominoes, if you will. And it just ended up being the Clipper series. Um, so they ended up taking that series. Rudy Gobert got exposed. They had him yeah. try defending on the perimeter. He just could not do it. He got a lot of points dropped on his head. And also, like, it's just hilarious with... Twitter. Twitter was going crazy, especially because Rudy Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year. Yeah. And <laughs> he won it this year. Yeah. He's he's the reigning defensive player of the year right now. The, the defending at the moment. And mm-hmm. he got made fun of and looked like a fool That's, out on the perimeter. Yeah. That that was that was I don't know if you'd call it bad cut. I mean, he's not really a perimeter defender i wonder if this is one of those he should have played that Giannis role played safety if you will played uh you know shadowed the paint a bit 
Um, yeah, they definitely exposed him, tore him up. That was really good coaching on one side and not so good coaching on the other side. Um, but, you know, Clippers are proving that they still have talent besides Kawhi. I still don't think that they stand a chance moving forward. Um, but it was it was it was refreshing for me as an NBA fan to see Paul George step up and show out. And he's going to have bad games. That's just the way Paul George is. But Paul George, historically, like when he was with Indiana, I was a fan. Like when he took Miami in the playoffs and they, you know, I don't, what did they win? Like a game or two. And those couple of games that they won, you see him starting to blossom. And you're like, whoa, this guy's not only to shoot the three, but he's explosive. He can grab boards. He dunked on LeBron. You see a lot from that. Uh, unfortunately, and, and Twitter doesn't, you know, let it go unspoken for is, is when he has those bad games, they really, they crap on him. Oh, so yeah. it was kind of, it was cool to see him win because it's like, put some respect on his name because he is an all-star guard slash forward, depending on where he was playing. Um, and now he's got to go up against Phoenix and face a very, very, very talented Phoenix Suns team. Yeah, we will talk about why he got clowned in the in in a little bit when we get to the conference finals. With Dustin, though, last year, whenever he signed the contract extension, I believe it was last year. Uh, he yeah, we, talk, yeah. We, we were talking about it on the podcast. I don't have a clip for it at the moment, but you were telling everyone he deserved it. Like you got it, you had to make that decision to sign him due to the future draft or free agency classes and the reasons why he deserved what he got because he could put up performances like we've seen in some of the games so far. Yeah, it, it it came down to like a managerial standpoint. It's not just about, oh, I'm building my franchise in NBA 2K. You got to deal with the what ifs. And I didn't intend, I hope I didn't jinx anything, but when Kawhi went out, now you got the next best thing that could have been because who else were they going to get in free agency in the, in the you know during that time in the next year in the next two years you pay for production and it's hard to gauge what type of um what type of outcomes you'll get out of you know day in and day out like games and he ended up leading this team to a a series victory against Utah and obviously, we're going to talk about the series, which is 2-0 for Phoenix right now. We'll talk about that. But it's it's all about that production, and you're able to get good games. And more likely than not, he will have good games. It's the bad games where some fans and some people in social media world where they're like, he doesn't deserve this money, but you got to think about it from outside of the box. And that's what I was trying to get at is product like think about product availability not to call these guys products but it's like if i'm a manager and i'm trying to put the best team together knowing there's nobody out in free agency worth paying that much or you're gonna have to pay as much you might as well get what you can and keep what you can and that's him as an asset as a huge asset to to the franchise and it's proven it's proven yes so they they ended up winning and also another point I just almost forgot to mention, but I really wanted to make point of it. Ty Lu might actually be an underrated coach. We've seen him with LeBron and whatnot. Now we've seen him with the Clippers. I saw a quote when Doc Rivers left, and Doc was like, 
I don't know what's going to change. Ty was sitting right next to me the whole time. And the Clippers seem to be playing way better this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did help that they do have a lot of veterans on that team. So the, I don't want to get into the conference series, but I noticed some of the veterans were helping coach too. I don't know. I don't know. I cannot say that Ty Lue is a good or a bad coach. But let's say he's doing a pretty good job for his role. So that's it for the the Western semis. We got a lot to talk about with the Eastern semifinals. We'll talk we'll talk about Bucks Nets first. I'm still sad that the Nets lost. And a lot of people were saying like kind of bashing the Nets. Obviously it's going to be the the fun thing to do. The Nets were the super team of the year. They were the favorites. So seeing them get knocked out is funny to a lot of people. But you got to give credit to the Bucks. Even with those injuries, they still had to put up tough games and still put out double, uh, victories with Kevin Durant being on the other end. So props to the Bucks for doing so, especially because they lost the first two games of the series. They got pretty much blown out the first couple games. And then they won three of the final five or four they won four of the final six or five four out of the final five my math is off so gotta give props to them but man the nets they were so close to just closing out one of those games and just came down it to a couple was, missed shots it was yeah yeah it was tough and i know a lot of people social media twitter you know by saying this is durant's legacy is on the line because he's only one with superstars kind of like in a way lebron kind of has i guess this dude put up a hell of a playoff performance the the game tying the send in overtime in game seven 248 49 performances playoff career highs i mean he's stepping up when you're you're arguably one of the best point guards in the game is out. James Harden forces himself to play. Obviously, he's beat up. First game back after his injury, he got injured. He tried to play, got hurt, ended up coming back again. I think it was like game three, game four. Didn't have such a good game. Obviously, battling injury. Ends up having okay games towards the end. Game six, game seven, I believe he scored more. But it had to take Durant to do everything in his will to ball out in the last three games for them to even have a chance. And this is not a knock at Kevin Durant. It's, it's more so Milwaukee had the pieces, had more pieces. Let's put it that way. The, the supporting cast, as you mentioned before, such as Joe Harris who was, to me, a key factor that didn't show up. Mm -hmm. He was a key factor that didn't show up. He averaged like 14, 15 points a game in the regular season, high-efficiency uh, shooter from long-range, mid-range. His last few games, last game, he played 46 minutes. He only put up 10 points. He had a 3 of 10, so he shot 30% from the field, minus 1. The game before, game 6, another loss. Nine points, 
four of nine shooting. I felt like he should be shooting the ball more, minus 25. He just didn't, Joe Harris didn't bring it. Joe Harris did not bring it. And you mentioned it, him being a key factor, he's going to have to hit some key threes was just a non-factor. And, and at that point, it's like, all right, next man up. But they don't really have, that's the thing about building big threes is you don't really get a great supporting cast. You have to hope that your your Joe Harris or or whoever you have on your Jeff team. Green. Jeff Green. I'll go actually Jeff Green, that's a weird but that's the thing. People are like, oh he scored 29. Jeff Green's good. He's aged. He he had a good game. He had a good mm-hmm. game. It's like Blake Griffin Lakers, wasn't man. bad. Blake Griffin was good. Actually Blake Griffin, um I don't I, I don't know and this is what I was saying. Like, I, you don't just get bad overnight. And it felt odd that he was playing so bad in Detroit, but clearly mm-hmm. he wanted out. Detroit sports in general, no offense. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Chicago fan, but Detroit sports in general, you're pretty, pretty trash. Yeah, pretty trash. Um, you guys deserve better. Let's put it that way. Um, but he goes to, to Brooklyn. And even in the, when he comes back originally, you're like, oh, he's kind of slow. He's not there. But he had been sitting out. And he stepped up. I thought he did a pretty damn good job. He was grabbing some boards. He was throwing down dunks you know, all playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was hitting some. He was actually, you know what was nice about him? He's not afraid to shoot the three ball because he yeah. developed a jumper in the middle to like later in his career. And that was the one thing where when he first came into the league, you're like, whoa, he's leaping out of the building. He's dunking on everybody. Imagine if he developed a mid-range game. Well, he developed a mid-range in a three-point game. And we kind of saw that a little bit. So he definitely, they got to keep him around. He did extremely well. But at the end of the day, on top of Durant having a good game, the piece is not doing their part and Giannis just going off. You can't, Giannis is that good. Giannis is mm-hmm. that, I mean, He's that big. He's got length. He's he's elusive. He's I know as you mentioned before, it's funny how he can literally go from red light to green light and take off zero to sixty, but guys are not fast enough to take the charge, or he's going around them and he's so lengthy that he's able to just mm-hmm. make a quick move and just he's got the reach yeah. and there's nothing they can do to stop that. Even with by by playing the hack a shack or the hacky Giannis, it just doesn't work, you know. Um such a fun series. That game seven was one of the funnest game sevens I've ever watched. Yes. It went back and forth over time. Uh, speaking of Giannis, like Blake Griffin, he did he did the best he could to try and stop him. That was one of the problems the Nets did have compared to the Bucks. They didn't mm-hmm. have the height. You had KD at the four. You had Blake at the five. And when you have Brooke Lopez, who's almost seven feet, if not seven feet, Giannis, who's seven feet, they were getting so many offensive rebounds. There were so many second chance opportunities for the Bucks, and it just hurt the Nets down the line, especially when they started getting tired. The ball would just go right to them, or even if they did box out or whatnot, the Bucks would just be just a tad taller than the Nets and just grab the board. And it got yeah. so many second chance opportunities and was a big factor in that game. James Harden, I was I was saying all he needed down the stretch was to hit one of his shots. One. Yeah. And we saw that cuz Kevin Durant ended up tying the game and forcing it overtime. If James Harden didn't go like 1 of 10 or whatever, boom, game over. Same with Joe yeah. Harris. 
Just could not hit James the open Harden, shots whenever. A lot of people talk trash about playoff P, but nobody nobody trash talks James Harden for his bad playoff performances. Historic, historically bad playoff performances. Houston, 27 missed threes or something like that to, to clinch a series against the Warriors. I don't want to talk about it, but you know, you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. They... I was surprised to see James Harden have the shooting performance that he had. I know I was I was following I was actually on Twitter and I saw you were like, where's James Harden? And in my head, I'm like, he's right there. He's dishing. He's making passes. But the money he makes is because of his ability to score the ball, to hit the long range, those those step backs. And he wasn't able to do it. And at the end of the day, as much as we want to crown Durant as a one man show, in this game, it's just not, it's not it. It's not it, especially when you're going up against the Bucks. Yeah, you could tell, like, because he wasn't able to jump as high or, like, put as much pressure on his leg, kind of threw him off. Mm-hmm. And there were so many opportunities where Harden, like, you saw him get the lane and he just couldn't take it. At least he knew he couldn't take the lane and kind of played it smart. Another yeah. downfall to the Nets as well. You saw this down the stretch, both game six and game seven. It got to a point where there was literally zero movement. Yeah. It was hand the ball off to Harden, hand the ball off to Durant, and just watch them go to work. Just clear out. It. It, worked for, it worked for Durant, but still, at the same time, no ball movement. Like You only had one shot, and the Bucks kind of did what they had to do there. Yeah, no, and, and that's that's a lot of basketball nowadays is that ISO game with players like that. Um, Durant, Durant, ugh, I mean, you can't, you have nothing bad to say. It was just the overtime, overtime he was so gassed, and it's like, what, you can't blame him for that. He literally had the team on his back. You know, you know what they said, only if he had like a half, if his shoe size was like, not like a 14 or a 12 and a half, if it was a 12, whatever shoe mm-hmm. size, if he was a half size shorter, they would have won the game. He thought it was a three. He even said, I thought I was shooting the three, and it was so close to being game. So close. So close, man. I wanted Durant. I did want Durant to hit that because growing up, Durant, Durant's just good. He's just a damn good basketball player. And he's he does have of, his championships. He does. And he's kind of always been... He's always been so good in the league. He's kind of like Mookie Betts at the moment. If there was no Mike Trout in baseball, Mookie Betts would be talked about all the time. Yeah. He's just that good. But because Mike Trout's there, Mookie Betts is just right underneath him. And like he does, Mookie Betts does get talked about quite a bit. But same thing where if LeBron just magically wasn't there, Kevin Durant would have been like the player of the decade that everyone would have liked and everyone would have watched. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Not even a question. I mean, even then, in 10, 15, 20 years, obviously they're yeah. going to be retired. It's going to be the, the, the LeBron, Kevin Durant. You'll have Steph Curry. Those are like going to be the three guys that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. And of course, Derrick Rose, because we're from Chicago, but that's, yeah, he's not up there, obviously. And Kevin um, Durant came off of his injury, too, and still put up a fantastic injury. year. Like, this is what I was talking about. 
uh, when we did our predictions, and I was like, Kevin Durant, MVP. Because of the storyline, and he was already just great for basketball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If he, if he didn't sit out a few of those games, and maybe some of the other guys did sit out a little bit more, I would end I mean, obviously, they ended up with a pretty good record. But... You know, obviously Jokic and his numbers and Denver, that whole West, I don't know, this year was so weird with the West. The West, to me, was, I don't want to say the weaker conference, but it was not what it normally is. And it hasn't been the past couple of seasons. Normally, one through eight, you're getting over 500 teams. Now you're getting through like five, six seeds, seven, eight, or under 500, or barely at 500. Um... Kevin Durant, to me, could have been MVP. Maybe next year he'll be MVP. I can tell you, he, he was this close to being MVP of the playoffs. If, he would yeah. have, if that would have been a three-pointer, they go into the series against Atlanta. They get Kyrie back. Because Kyrie didn't break anything. He didn't tear anything. He had, what, a high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. I believe, or a, a mild ankle sprain. He would have come back, maybe not the first game or the second game, but he would have had enough time. And I think the Nets could have competed could compete yeah. with the Hawks would have been without him. A shoot all time. game. All game. You know I'm taking the over every game <laughs> for uh for my parlay. Um but you know obviously that wasn't that wasn't the, the case and Milwaukee and the Bucks and you know hats off to them. They got a for a team that has what we would call quote unquote a big 3. They they didn't go out there and buy three LeBrons. They didn't to you know get a LeBron and a Wade and a and a Bosh. They didn't this is a this is almost like I don't want to say a homegrown big three. All they did was add a Drew Holiday. They've had Chris Middleton, who is a good shooter. I wouldn't call him an elite player or a superstar. The only superstar they have is Giannis, but they added two good pieces. Well, one technically. And I I like Milwaukee and I at some point think Giannis is gonna win a title. It might be this year, maybe not, but he is definitely somebody and I I like this team. I, I, I'm not upset that they ended up winning the series because that was a very good series mm. and they proved to be the better team. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to see the Nets win. I would, that was that was my one goal. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I think the only team left out of my predictions in the conference finals is the Clippers. <laughs> Lakers got eliminated, and then uh, we're gonna talk about the Sixers here shortly. And then the Nets. I, if you were on Twitter today, Scotty Pippen apparently had an interview and he bashed Durant for taking that shot. And he bat, he was like, LeBron, when he knows he can't do it, he dishes it off or whatever. And Kevin Durant murdered Scotty Pippen on the timeline. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did yes. he call him out for Stepping off the court because he was upset with the coach or upset with yeah with he something said he, he didn't want to sat, go back in the game. He said he sat the final play of one of the playoff games, and because the play was ran for Tony Kukoc, who did make yes. the shot, Maybe. who did end yes, up making the yes. shot. He's like, you're talking about a guy who, I, uh, I got the exact quote. Didn't the great Scottie Pippen refuse to go into the game for the last second shot because he was in his feelings? His coach drew up the play for a better shooter. And then someone else also responded saying he missed game seven for a migraine, nothing. And then what, uh, Kevin Durant said, uh, this guy, Scott also wanted to enjoy his summer. So he chose to rehab during the season. LOL. Yo, Scotty Pippen. They followed Phil, not you. 
<laughs> wow. Because that was in I mean, uh, that was when he was uh, um, he wanted a better contract, so he just refused to get healthy, and then he just rehabbed during the season. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember uh, Jordan was talking about that vividly, remembering Pippin, not you know on that last dance, one of those episodes. Um, I mean, I get where Pippin's coming from. I get what he's saying. Like, it's not, it wouldn't be wrong to dish it, but like, Durant's, obviously his team's not hitting all game. Mm-hmm. Who's going to pass it to? the best available <laughs> player on the court. It was just, it came up short. That's it. Game over. That's it. Yeah. You can't punish the guy for missing when, when he's on the court, who, everybody, 10 guys on the court, and Durant's one of those 10. I don't care who else is on the court. Durant should be taking the shot. That's how it should be. You, these guys get paid these big contracts for these situations, and he's been balling out all game the last few games. So I don't think that Pippen really – it was a fair shot at Durant. I, I, I don't think he should have gone at Durant at all. I don't even think Durant's name should be in his mouth, considering – no offense to Pippen, I think Durant has a better career than Pippen, personally. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Durant's clapback, I get it too. I mean, it's, it's funny seeing the drama between old school and new school. It always ends up happening Mm -hmm. somewhere. Who, who did you want to take the shot? Harden, who couldn't hit anything all game. He probably was the best bet. He did have like that bank shot at some point or Joe Harris, who couldn't be found for six games. Bruce Brown. Not Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown, right? Yeah. Was he the yeah. one that hit the, shot the floater? He did, yeah, he shoots floaters, yes. Could have shot the floater from three. He did. I did see him make a three, and wow, I did not expect that. I thought his it's only so, game I'm you, was a floater. I, I watched games in the regular season when they were sitting, and I'm like, I like his efficiency. He would come off the bench and play 15, 20 minutes, and he would shoot efficient like very efficient like he might go three for five or six for eight and i was surprised that he was shooting as bad as he was in the playoffs but maybe i was like he's just maybe that's this type of player he is but there's nobody else there's nobody else that could have taken the shot if Kyrie was in the game at that moment it's not going to Kyrie. it's going to durant yeah all all would have changed without injuries but that's a part of sports. There's been this is the most injured playoffs we've seen ever with all stars, and it's just unfortunate. How the cookie crumbles sometimes. So yeah. that's it for the the Nats Bucks series. Whew. I did not expect this to happen at all. Atlanta pulled out the series against the number one seed. Let's go. Philadelphia 76ers against Joel and Ben. What happened, Philly? What happened to your team? You know, it's funny because, like, I have no hate against either. I have no hate. I've been riding the high horse with Atlanta. I've said it multiple times. Do, Do we have a clip? Do we have a clip to play for... That was yeah. recorded yeah, yeah, over yeah. in 20, was this 2020? <laughs> December yeah. of 2020. This was 2020 right here. 
the Bulls, they got stomped, but this Atlanta Hawks team is going to be a threat this year, and it's showing already. This was my team to be on the lookout for last year during the season. I said, not this year, but be on the lookout. It's going to be an impressive team to watch. They're going to compete. They're for sure going to compete with uh, all you know the, the, the typical top four that we always talk about uh, in the sports world. I'm going to go Brooklyn. And I think that they are going to match up against Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that is, <laughs> that's tough because I want Atlanta so bad. I think Atlanta is so good. Atlanta's got a pretty good squad there. Obviously, John Collins, they have Trey Young. I think Atlanta is one of the other favorites in the East. I've been talking highly of them for the last season. I like Atlanta. Atlanta to me is easily, easily can be a top four team. There you go. There's the clip. You hear I mean, it on your end? I don't just use them on 2K for any other reason. I am They're sold. so good on 2K. I am sold on. So it all started. I saw Atlanta play two seasons ago. And, you know, Trey Young came to the league, traded for Luka. That was the big trade at draft night. And it was a weird swap. But it makes sense. I don't know why, but Luka on Dallas makes sense. Trey Young in Atlanta makes sense. Watching Trey Young develop, when he first came into the league, he's shooting, 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 low percentages. And he starts to develop this floater. He's starting to move the ball around. And now we're starting to see other guys develop. We're seeing guys like John Collins. I, I talk highly on John Collins because John Collins is an inside-out threat. He's a guy who, as we saw already in, in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, he can do it. He can shoot the three ball. He can rebound. He can dunk. And with the addition of Bogdanovich and they have Kevin Herter, who had a big game already. They add Clint Capella, I believe, last season before the trade. It was like a nine. It was like a, yeah. I forgot what it was. A huge trade. One of the biggest trades in NBA history with the amount of Yeah, was it? It was a huge trade, and Houston wanted to play. That's when Houston wanted to play small ball. They put P.J. Tucker at center, and I was like, Atlanta stole the trade. They got Clint Capella, who can grab boards. He's young. He's a bruiser to go in with this team, and it just made sense. And not to, not to mention uh, the injuries. They have two guys that are out. They have Cam Reddish, and, and who's the other Atlanta star that's out? There's, they have uh, Cam Reddish. Um, Bogdan was hurt. Bogdanovich, yeah, he was hurt, and now he's back. I'm trying to think of who their draft was. Oh, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter mm, yeah. is the other one. And we're talking about guys who DeAndre Hunter started to step up this season. He was actually starting to have a good year. He was averaging 15 a game before he got hurt. Um, Cam Reddish was averaging 11. And, you know, they, they have additions like Danilo Gall Gallinari, who – isn't a bad player. He's been, I mean, he's been around the league for a while and he's pretty good. Um, and he's proven to, to step into that role. And I've just been sold on them simply for they can fire away with the potential to make big stops on the defense. If their defense isn't the greatest, they still give up a lot of points. But with John Collins and Clint Capella manning the middle, I like. I just like the matchups. They have a chance to win every game. 
So that's where I was sold with that on top of the fact that everybody on that roster can shoot the three minus Clint Capella. Yeah, and he does what you need him to do. Grab the boards. Grab the boards. <laughs> grab the offensive boards. So that's, that's exactly my 2K strategy. Get a big man and just fire from three. Have him rebound and just dish it right back out. Yeah. So Atlanta and Philly go to seven games. We we're talking about the series. Trey Young has been nonstop going off. Even in games where his field goal percentage is low, he's getting to the line. He's hitting clutch shots, getting other guys involved. I think the biggest X factor in this series, another X factor that just failed, again, Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons has a mediocre average game, average game, they win the series, hands down. Or if he doesn't have the lowest free throw percentage in playoff history. Playoff history. He shot like 32% at the line. How baseball, do you do that? How do you do baseball, that? They call it the yips when you you when the mind is overtaking your your throwing accuracy because you're overthinking it, you get the yips. His Yips at the free throw line. I don't even know if can we call it the yips at the free throw line. I would say line? so. Well, it just in general he has it because you saw it where he avoided a dunk. A six foot eleven dude avoided a dunk at the end of a game. Yeah, which he has would have, to have I think it. put them ahead. Yes, and or down and one. Is, I think down or one. down one. But I think mentally, him missing these free throws, he didn't want to risk getting fouled. But he's got to go up. He's a big dude. That's a big guy. That's a grown-ass man. At 6'10", 6'11", yeah, he runs the point, but we're not looking at positions. We're looking at his size on the court. Go up strong. You're talking about a guy who, when Embiid was hurt one game towards the second in the second half of the season, dropped like 42 points in a game. How do you drop four? How are you capable of dropping 42 points? But you offensively, you literally took a shit you take a shit in a whole series you it's it's one thing to miss the free throws but to eventually start your iq drops because of that that goes to show and it proves me right that you are the most overpaid player in the league i've said it once before i've said it in the beginning of this season i think i said it last season he is the most overpaid player in the history of the nba and he proved it he is a talented player with potential still. He's still young, but does not deserve that contract. And quite frankly, Philly, I am sorry that they relied on Ben Simmons to be the deciding factor if you go to a conference finals. Just crazy, like the downfall that he's had. Before the season, I sent you a photo of how he's just per or a, a video of how yeah. he's just progressively gotten worse shooting. Yeah. And it showed here in the playoffs. It's it's crazy. I don't know. And there's also there's this is how crazy it is. There's talks about Ben Simmons shooting right-handed. He shot I guess he was right-handed growing up and his coach and his father said shoot lefty. And no. he might make a switch to shoot righty. Like, that's how drastic this might be. 
you have to shoot so bad, so bad to be able to just say, oh, I'm going to go back to the other hand because what's the worst that it can't get any worse. You know, I was hoping, this is how I was hoping for Ben Simmons. He's a tall point guard. That's like the future of the league, right? That's kind of like where a lot of guys are hand, like Kawhi Leonard runs the point, even though he's not technically the point guard. He handles the ball most of the time. You hope this guy being as tall as he is, as athletic as he is, should be able to go 12, 8, and 8 every night with like two to three steals, a block. But he's not doing it. He's making the bad play after bad play. And like I'm very surprised that he's not averaging. Like to me, him and LaMelo Ball kind of like have the same stature. They're both very tall players. LaMelo Ball obviously could shoot better. But in a sense, they're just super tall point guards with who are elusive and very athletic with a good IQ when they have the ball. Ben Simmons is not... It's like, like you said, the decline, the rapid decline. I think he needs a change of scenery. Philly needs, mm-hmm. a, needs to get rid of him. Clearly, Philly cannot win with him. But I think his career can be revitalized on another franchise. Kind of like and it's not Markel sh- Fultz. Yes, Markel Fultz. Oh, man. Yes, definitely Markel Fultz. Definitely. That dude, you know what? Shout out to him because he never stopped busting his ass. And he's proven... I know he got. Didn't he end up getting hurt again? Unfortunately, but, yeah, he like tore his ACL like early on in this. Yeah, pretty good. I don't care where Ben Simmons goes; just don't bring him to Chicago. We're in a rebuild, but we don't <laughs> want Ben Simmons. Yeah, I would not want him in Chicago at all. And there is a one more point I was at to Philadelphia and Ben's. One, some some teams gonna have to take on that contract. Uh, another point. Yes. I feel like every off season with Ben Simmons as well, or just even when he's just in the gym, just shooting, we always see highlights of him hitting just all these three pointers. You see him in like summer. Yeah. You see him in summer leagues, just like playing against scrubs or maybe against other pros in the gym or just before the game, there's shoot arounds. He's three, 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 three. Has to be the yips. It's got that's it, it's definitely it's it's the yips because when when it matters he can't do it. It's like walking down the you know I, not walking down the stairs but like it's just like one of those things you do every day you don't even think about it, and then all of a sudden it's like when you're driving from place to place and you have a cop behind you all of a sudden. Now you're nervous. Now you're like I gotta perform well. You know what I mean? And it's like it's him. I don't know if it's if it's it can't be Philly. Philly's not that I their 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 fan base is kind of rough, but they're not that bad. They're not a New York fan base. Mm-hmm. They're not a Chicago or L.A. Even I, I mean they they are one of the rougher rougher you know around the uh, rougher on the edges. Um, but I don't know. Embiid deserves better. Embiid deserves to make it further than what he's been making it to. Um. I don't know. Maybe it's, is it the coaching? Is it doc rivers is in uh, Philadelphia. (laughs) Doc rivers didn't do it with the Clippers. I mean, he did it with Boston, but Boston really is really took control with that big three. They were the first ones to truly go after and allow where the league allowed a big three like that. 
I, I think I don't it know. has to be Ben. I think he just needs to change scenery and they need to I agree. They need to just change something up in that team. And I, I feel it. I I think he can help a team win. I'm just saying it just yes. is not Philadelphia. It's not Philadelphia. No. You cannot trust the process anymore. It's mm-hmm. it's done. I don't know if you saw as well, people have been talking about this. 2015, the Atlanta Hawks. This is when the trust the process started. The Atlanta Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals. They got stomped by LeBron, but that was the year where they had like four all-stars with Paul Millsap, Kyle Korver. They had like Dennis Schroeder and Jeff T. Joe Johnson. Kyle Korver. I don't know if Joe Johnson was. Did Joe Johnson, did he end up in Brooklyn at that point? I remember he had a stint with Brooklyn. He did at some point. I, I don't know the time timeline with that. But basically, the Atlanta had one team. They completely tore it down, rebuilt, and guess what? They're back. All in the span of trust the process. That's literally two different teams. Some, same some franchises, I, I, I don't know. Some franchises just don't care. Like that's I don't know if it's they don't care, but they're trying to hit a home run every year. Maybe. Like you have guys playing checkers, you have guys playing chess. Currently the Bulls finally revamped the office, and I feel like they are finally playing chess. They're showing that they care. Then you have franchises like the Knicks, who are finally starting to get better. But that was a losing franchise for the last eight, nine, ten years. I think in a three to four, maybe five year span, you should be able to have a good draft at some point and a good signing to compete. You have so many years to do it. So Atlanta, yeah, no, that's a huge. And and the thing is Atlanta at that point too, a lot of those guys were already older. Paul Millsap was already a veteran. He's been in the league for a while at that point. Uh, Al Horford. And even if they had Joe Johnson or Josh Smith at that point had been in the league, because this is a team that made a run years, a couple years before that too. Atlanta was a very good team. Um, but yeah, Philadelphia, I think it would be okay to sell for the next season or two while Joel Embiid will still be in his prime. Trade Ben Simmons for a little less. You're not going to get a lot right now. Maybe a couple of draft picks. Maybe you get a player in return. I, I did gonna hear be how they're like going to wait for his value to get higher again. It's like, how? How does that happen? You gotta defensively, he's not bad. Yeah, like, are you gonna just play next season and all of a sudden, like, oh man, look at this all star? Let's uh, who wants him? It's like, no, at that point, if he's playing well, you're just gonna keep him. Doesn't I don't get it. I don't know. I I don't know. Have to just bite the bullet. I feel like there's a missed opportunity last year. Probably just because the owner of the Rockets hates Maury and just didn't want to do business with. That's yeah. Yeah. Cause that could have, that was a uh, trade potential was James Harden going to Philly. They, Oh, they would have been good. Imagine if if James Harden goes there. He does not get hurt. James Mm -hmm. Harden. I would even throw Seth Curry at Seth Curry is, I don't know what happened in his career, but he went from being like Steph Curry's brother to establishing his name in the last couple of seasons. Shout out to him. They even had a game where it said Seth Curry's brother when they showed Steph Curry in the crowd, which is awesome. 
Steph Curry, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris had a bad game. I think it was game six, game five or six. That was another one who dropped the ball. He scored like five or six points. It was yeah, there's bad. one game where Embiid and Curry were the only guys to score in the second half. Over 30-plus points, too, in those game, that game. I remember my, my brother-in-law, who is from Philly, I had to text him. I was like, yo, what happened? And the series wasn't even over. And he straight up said it was all, and word for word, this B.A. player from of Tobias Harris, this bitch-ass player from Tobias Harris. And he literally was basically saying he was playing scared. He didn't even grab boards. And it was weird because, like, to me, Tobias Harris is great. He's an all-star. In my eyes, yeah. Tobias Harris is an all-star. Yeah, he's a fringe all-star player. Some years he might get in other yeah, yeah, but he's always there. He's a good glue piece who can probably get you 18 to 20 points a night. And he also kind of had a not-so-good series as well. But in retrospect, you know, is it Atlanta? Atlanta's just, I mean, Trey Young is good. He's scoring even on games where his, his field goal percentage may not be the greatest. His three-point percentage may not be the greatest, but he finds a way to get to the line. And he finds open players, and together as a unit, they are showing why they deserve to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Atlanta has nothing to lose, so they're just going to go all out every single game. Man, we, we talked a lot about the semifinals. Had to, though. Every series was great. Now we are left with four teams that could win the championship for at least the first time in 50, 40 or so years minimum. This year, uh, viewing, watch like the amount of people watching, way up. One, I think because the pandemic's over, or pretty much over. Another reason is because of the teams in the playoffs. A lot of people are like, oh, no Los Angeles, no New York. Like, the big market teams aren't there. Boring. Like, you got Milwaukee. You get Phoenix. It's like, no, the casual fan doesn't really care about big cities. They mm -hmm. care about the stories and how cool, like, what the history. This is history this season. The competition to me, and this is what we were talking about before the podcast. For me, the competition is the biggest thing. You take out... How many years did LeBron and the Cavs dominate in the East or him in with Miami in the East? You know, it's every year was LeBron, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, LeBron, Duncan. and Durant to the mix, you know, Duncan. It's like now we're seeing new teams with the, where the competition level is good. The competition level is good. So as we're going to talk about the conference finals, I'm liking the fact that it's Bucks in Atlanta. Atlanta takes game one in a very close game. It was a shootout. The Suns go up 2-0. Game two was neck and neck. Paul George down the wire. Him and Devin Booker, who like broke his nose, was bleeding all over the court. They were going back and forth as well. This is what I like. I don't like blowouts. I don't like watching a Super Bowl game. Where a team can't score more than three points. Make it close. Same goes for the NBA. 
I'm a fan of the game and I love competition. Love seeing new faces with a chance to win the championship, the finals, uh, which we're going to see. We're going to get, and it's, it's awesome. And, and, and to be fair, it's a lot of young guys who we will be watching for the next 10, 15 years and say, hey, in this generation, the 2020s, these were the best players ever at that time in this next, you know, 10 years or so, mm-hmm. however long their career is. So, but yeah, so should we start with the Eastern or should we want to start with the West since that's already 2-0? We'll start off with the West. We'll start with the West. Talk about the Suns and, and the Clippers. The, the Suns are proving. So obviously we talked about in the last episode, Chris Paul, COVID. Had to miss the first two games. Didn't matter. Devin Booker, triple-double in game one. Steps up. He had like a 40-point triple-double. Huge game. They, they completely they won the game. It wasn't a really a close. I mean, it was a good game. It was, it was a good game. It was nice to see Paul George, Reggie Jackson, some of the guys in the Clippers kind of do their thing. But it just wasn't. It was the Suns game all game one. Game two, which was two days ago. Ended in the craziest finish I had ever seen. One of the craziest. There's been some other tip dunk finishes. Tyson Chandler did it with the Suns once before. Jay Crowder, assist of the of the playoffs with 0.8 on the clock, 0.9 on the clock. Tip dunk to DeAndre Ayton to win the game. Actually, there's enough time on the clock for the Clippers, but they, they couldn't get the shot off. Mm-hmm. They take it 2-0. They go to L.A. They're in L.A. tonight. I just don't, I don't see how the, 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 the Clippers are going to win a game now that Chris Paul is back for the Suns. He's back. He missed a couple yeah, of games. Right now, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they were shooting terribly. They were combined 0 for 10 at the moment. Devin Booker does have, or Devin Booker just made a shot, so now they're 1 for 11. It's a three-point game. Yeah, I I could see Phoenix winning game three. It's gonna be tough though. You gotta win at home. That's the key to the playoffs every single year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing. And and Phoenix winning at home, going up 2-0, they can afford to lose a game. Even if they lose this game, you're not gonna get a bad shooting performance from those two guys every game. There's no way. Devin Booker's playing with the mask, and I know there is an over-under. Of his performance tonight of 28.5, I think, with the mask on. As of right now, I don't think he's going to hit that. But you never know. A game, The NBA right now, the game of basketball, is all about runs. When you have got, nowadays, high-scoring games, it's all about those runs. It's only a six-point game. I don't, I, I, actually, now it's a three-point game. I think Phoenix is going to take this game. It's going to be, it could be, it could be another close game, but I, I think Phoenix is going to end up taking this game. What game was it where Paul George missed the two free throws? That was the last game. That was the last game, which led was to game the two. dunk. Yes. All, the, all jo- you need to do is hit one. Maybe if he hit both, they couldn't shoot or they couldn't get the oop. If they hit, if they hit one or if Paul George hit one of two, they would have had a two-point lead. I think Phoenix would have tried to force up a three. I don't think they would have went to the dunk there. I agree. I agree. Forced. I mean, it, 
even even then, the way that play was drawn up, Jay Crowder, it was a perfect pass, perfect catch for DeAndre Aiden. I know a lot of people were mad. It was it was above the cylinder. It wasn't a shot attempt. It wouldn't have counted. It was coming. It was off of the rim. It was over the rim. It was it counted. It was clean. Game two. It was a heartbreaker for for the Clippers because if the Clippers win one on the road, this is a whole different series. Whole different series. Winning one on the first two games on the road makes up difference when you are talking about a level of competition. The Clippers can compete with the Suns without Kawhi Leonard. I don't think they can win more than a game or two, but, I mean, that that would have been a big game to win. And then maybe Kawhi considers coming back. We don't know what his injury is. We don't know what his injury is yet. It's So far, it's a sprained ACL. Don't know about a tear. I don't think it's torn, but I don't know. Nobody's saying anything. Maybe we'll know more in the offseason. But that's that series. Now we go to the East. Wait, Atlanta. wait, wait. I wanted, wanted to talk about real quick with the Suns. We had you being high up on the on the Hawks. Both of us yeah. were kind of high up on the Suns. This is around the same timeline. This is from December 16th. Beginning of the season. 2020. Yeah. So take a listen to this. And the second team that I'm excited to watch that like a lot of people probably it it's flying under the radar. You want to give a guess? One team. Are we talking the Suns? Yes. The <laughs> Phoenix Suns. Very under the radar-ish. They could be competing for a playoff spot. They were last year without Chris Paul. I'm excited, man. Devin Booker, if you guys thought you've seen the best of Devin Booker, wait. Chris Paul is going to make him shine like a diamond. Just wait on it. And DeAndre Ayton, too. A lot of people have been sleeping on him because he hasn't been putting up the numbers that they and he got suspended. He was, and he got suspended. Yeah. As like you mentioned, they were already going last year. I feel like they have the best chance to leap forward. And uh, I, I think this is this is where the passing of the torch to the younger generation, such as Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, I think this is what's going to kickstart it, is having somebody like Chris Paul there. Pretty well said. Yeah, it feels it feels great to be right on some of these. Like we've we've been I've been hitting up Goose past uh past few weeks or week past week or so with just like yo, we gotta get this out. We gotta get this out. Like going back and listening to some of the stuff we've talked about, pat on the back real quick, because it's been great seeing it play out. Yeah, that was December because the, it was a later start, obviously, with the bubble and everything. So that was right before the season started. The season started on the 23rd. I remember it was before Christmas, and I was mad that they didn't allow these guys to get through Christmas. And I think that was that was the thing was, man, Devin Booker balled out. But imagine, just imagine what he's going to do, and he's doing it. So not only did he develop his game, but look at what he's doing without Chris Paul in these first two games of the playoffs. Because he's got it up here. It's a mental game. Chris Paul is able to develop. I, I said this before. Chris Paul, I would not be surprised if he's a head coach five years out of the league. I think that Devin Booker and the Suns, what we're getting, we're going to get for the next couple of years. As long as they keep that team healthy. Yeah. And Chris Paul, he should end up staying there. He has at least a year left on his contract. Yep. 
I think Eastern. Uh, he should stay. Yes, definitely. Eastern Conference Finals. We've had one game so far between Milwaukee and Atlanta. And this is kind of going to be like another Nets-Milwaukee series where you have a heavy shooting team going up against a team with Giannis who just drives and attacks the rim. You got Chris Middleton shooting a bunch of mid-ranges and whatnot. And it's going to come down to probably the end of every single game. Difference right now is that Clint Capella is a way better inside force to stop Giannis compared to what the Nets had. Yes, I 100% agree with you. Not just you have two big guys in the paint now versus the Nets. They they had they had some big occasionally they would have a big guy in the paint, but it's not the same. You have Durant running the four. He's not a four. He's not really a four. He's not a paint presence. I do like Clint Capella and John Collins. And occasionally, Danilo Gallinari gets in there. But again, he's one of those guys where is he really um, a big guy in the paint? I My biggest thing with this series so far, like I said, I'm, I'm high on Atlanta. I think Atlanta could definitely take the series to six, seven games. We definitely could have one of those series. It's all going to come down to the Bucks. The Bucks are in control. They're a favorite by like seven or eight points for a reason. They lose game one by three. And we're talking Trey Young goes off for 48 points. John Collins, 23 and 15. Clint Capella goes off for 12 and 19. Clint Capella doesn't generally score a lot, so 12 and 19 is good. They all had great games. The, 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 the biggest stat for me is the fact that Chris Middleton went 0 for 9 from downtown. Literally <laughs> shot nine threes and missed. And some of them were wide open threes off a screen. I mean, he had such a bad shooting performance that if he even did half of what he normally does, he ended up with 15 points, which was good, but he shot 6 of 23, which is not good. That's like 20, almost 25%. It's a little bit over 25% from the field. That you don't get from Chris Middleton. So I do think that the Hawks did steal one with by the performances that they had. If they continue to do that every game, they'll compete every game regardless of how bad Middleton does. But game one specifically, Middleton going 0 for 9 from downtown. Don't expect that. Chris Middleton... I looked at his game logs for the last like few weeks. He would have a, a mediocre game followed by another mediocre game where he's not shooting good. And then all of a sudden his shooting performance flips. There's like a switch and he hits five threes in the game, six threes in the game. So I wouldn't expect him to continue his shooting woes, but it all depends on how they defend Giannis. Giannis had a good game. Giannis is going to have a good game every single game. So I think it's going to be that supporting cast. If they can shut out that supporting cast like they did with Durant, Atlanta, you'll see them in the finals. And I think that they will compete with either team on the West, hands down. That would be, imagine if it's Atlanta and Phoenix. That would be such a... <laughs> We'd be going crazy on the podcast. Oh, man. That's like a dream. That's a dream. At this point, if Kawhi is not going to compete, 
I don't care to see Paul George in this team in the finals. Nothing against Paul George. He'd be cool to see in the finals. But seeing this young Phoenix team against this young Atlanta team is like waking up and like pinch me. Did that happen? Because, I mean, we're talking about the future of the league right there. And Chris Paul gets to play in the finals too if he does take this series against the Clippers, which we all deserve to see. Yeah, I want to see CP3. If he doesn't get one, just at least have a shot at the championship. At least just give him, get him so close for him to have a chance to win one before he's done. Man, I'm looking at this at this roster, the Bucks. I'll be happy with a Phoenix versus any of these two teams. That's where I'm at as a fan right now. I'm very, very happy with where the league's at right now because I still think. Giannis will be fun to watch in the finals. Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. I'm a fan of Drew Holiday, and I thought that was the biggest pe- like move that they could have done for for leading the franchise in the right direction. I- I'll be happy to see them against the Suns, but Atlanta preferably because it's just Trey. There's something about Trey Young, his personality. He's become the villain in every road team that he's or a- any team that he's played on the road in the playoffs so far. New York, Philly, obviously now Milwaukee. Maybe Phoenix. I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see in the next week or two who the what the finals matchup's gonna be. He might have he's had so many road wins that he might have like the most by like a certain age. Or like the most in a playoff run for road wins. I'm gonna have oh, yeah, to get that I'm gonna have to pull up that stat as we're talking here. But he's excellent there, there was the something road. I saw today. Let's just hope, though, that there is a a good series here. And who knows? Maybe we get a go to one of the the Bucks and Hawks games here. Hopefully, they can get it back to Milwaukee. Obviously, would have to wait for Game Five or Seven. But if tickets are good enough, we might have to make a trip to Milwaukee just to see a game. And so we are unbiased. We will be wearing standing room only gear (laughs) at the game. You can catch us outside selling them out of a cooler for $5 a pop. That's a joke. We will not be doing that. And the reason why we choose Milwaukee is because Milwaukee is literally an hour drive from Chicago, which is where we are. That would be an intense. If it goes to game five or even game seven, I'd love to go to. That would be nuts. That is it for the playoff talk. We're already having off-season talk already. The Nets assistant coach is now the Celtics coach. Don't know much about him. Rick Carlisle is now the Pacers coach. Jason Kidd is looking to be the Mavericks coach. It could be official as soon as tonight of recording. We are coaching seeing this changes happen already. now. But these teams are out of the playoffs. Verbal agreements. There's nothing wrong with that. Rick Carlisle. Got out of there quick. He got out of Dallas quick. He does not want to deal with the drama. Chris stops. We don't know what his future is going to hold. He made comments how he feels like he should be treated better in Dallas. Obviously with Luca there. There's a whole lot going on. I don't blame Rick Carlisle. But Jason Kidd going in there to coach might be a different dynamic. He's had some coaching experience. 
Rick Carlisle maybe just wasn't fit. He goes to Indiana, which I think is awesome because they still have a very talented roster. Um, for Brooklyn and Boston, again, like you said, I don't know much about that guy. He's an assistant to uh, um, Steve Nash. He's good, I guess. We'll see. Boston needs, I don't know what they need at this point, but obviously Boston with um, Brad Stevens going up to the uh, front office. They, they, I think he'll be good. I think he, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and speaking of Boston, <laughs> we already knew Kemba Walker just wasn't really a fit with them. They already traded him. And where they traded him was to the rehabilitation center located in Oklahoma City, where they get their guys full of value so they can dish them off for draft picks. Kemba is now an Oklahoma City Thunder player, and like, I'm, a, I'm surprised how quickly that happened. Yeah, it, again, it's one of those where it's like, whoa, playoffs are still going on, but... I mean, it's it's a salary cap dump. Boston had to do it. I mean, unfortunately, Boston has had it very unlucky with point guards. Kyrie didn't work. But Kemba just has been in the league for a while. He just, I don't think he has the it factor. Who knows, though? When guys go to OKC, sometimes they come back around. Look at Chris Paul. I um, expect him yeah, not to be with OKC by the time the season's. They can, they're going to trade him to a contender. I wouldn't be surprised if like, the Lakers take him or something. Um, but yeah, it's a salary cap dump for Boston, which means they are making the right moves. So Brad Stevens is making the right moves already. Get rid of him. You still have Marcus Smart. I don't think he's a free agent. You still have your big two and well, I guess you can call it a big two and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's definitely a superstar. And let's see what they can do in the free agency. Let's see what they do in the draft. I mean, anything could happen. I think Brad Stevens is 10 steps ahead right now and it's proven get rid of them now get the make a coaching change it's boston will be good again next year bearing any injuries obviously knock on wood um kemba sorry sorry bud but you gotta go uh to the to the old stomping grounds of exotic joe <laughs> and another point guard that could be on the move 30 minutes ago the Cavaliers have begun to explore trade options involving Colin Sexton. He had a really? pretty good season. I like it, Colin Sexton. Yeah, I thought he would I thought they would have been all in on like paying him to stick around. What do the Bulls have to offer right now? Would it be would weird trade, to have him? Would you trade Kobe White for him? No, 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 no. Kobe no. White's got a Kobe. They don't have much. Maybe Lori marketing it. Maybe Lori. Well, he would have to sign and trade. Could be a Why possibility. If... I just did start an NBA 2K franchise yesterday. I went through the whole season, so now I'm like, I kind of know who's expired, who's not on the Bulls. They still have Aminu, I believe. I didn't realize they stood they had that guy. Wow. So was Colin Sexton just on his last year of his contract? He is let me see. Colin Sexton. He has been in the league for three years now. This would be his fourth year. 
Basketball Reference doesn't really have contracts. I'll, I'll get this searched up right now, though, for uh, spot trick. They currently have him four-year deal. So next year his, is his final year, and then he has a qualifying offer in 2022, 2023. He is rookie extension eligible. 25% of the cap. So he could get a max of five years, 168 million. Which, I mean, the dude, but I, I, he's only 22 years old. I, I think he's definitely, definitely going to get that deal. I come to Chicago. Whatever they got to do, I would do. I mean, if it's got to be another draft pick, we didn't get the top four, which is fine. We got Selvusevich. He would be a huge asset. He would be, I mean, he definitely likes to shoot the ball. He's going to have to understand and develop to like work as a team because in Cleveland, it was kind of like free for all there. But I don't know. I mean, Kobe White can still be a six man. If they have to trade him, then I would say let's hold off for now because Kobe White's still developing and towards the end of the season had a very good end of the season. So they just need a point guard that can facilitate a little more. Like an actual point guard. Yeah. <laughs> So that's interesting. I'm definitely excited to see what happens there. So other NBA yeah. news? Nothing I that I really know. Surprisingly, we had NBA news outside of the games themselves. Um, so I guess stay tuned. We might have more news outside of the playoffs next week. We might have more trades. We well, next week's Gafford. So unfortunately... We might yes, have to, I yes. don't know. I don't know how it's going to work. Maybe we could have like a weekend episode depending on the series are going. We'll have to see. But Daniel Gafford's next week. Maybe we even add on afterwards kind of merge an episode. I don't know. But maybe we could talk about just basketball with him on that episode. <laughs> There's going to I have some questions brewing. We're going to we're going to I'm not going to put him on the hot seat. I'm not going to put him on the hot seat, but definitely excited to uh to to pick his brain a little bit if you will so mm -hmm. end off the episode we're going to talk a little bit about major league baseball we have seen the implement of no sticky substances including sunscreen rosin combination and we've seen a lot of spin rates go down garrett cole has been a huge one in which his spin rate has gone down almost Two to three hundred spins per minute, just on every single one of his pitches. Yeah, like he that's was a lot. dominant, but it, it it went down a lot. Jacob Degrom, he hasn't really had much change. He's just that good of an athlete. But because of this, we are seeing guys get checked when they come out of the games now. We've seen a, a couple temper tantrums. One. Pretty well deserved. Another kind of just a standard protocol in a little upset. Kind of makes sense though. Like, come on. <laughs> just you could check maybe before the game, after the game. But like I feel it's it's a little too unnecessary to check every single time a pitcher like leaves a game. They should, in my opinion, if they're gonna like don't stop the game. Like if they're coming out bottom half they're pitching, top half, whatever it is, they're coming out, have an official, like, I mean, it's, it sounds goofy, but, Well, it's like, technically not stopping it because you have to wait for the other guy to warm. 
and in that time so it wouldn't even be stopping it so but just check him before he mm-hmm. goes out what's wrong with check like ufc fighters and boxers they get their gloves checked before they step into the octagon before they step into the ring mm-hmm. do a quick check say hey real quick let me see your gloves let me see your hands Pro- it's protocol you're gonna go out there some guys in the middle of the inning are getting checked some guys are dropping trout <laughs> um i i don't i don't know I mean, it's 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 gotta it's gotta get done. I think the biggest thing is understanding the umpires are in a tough position, and it's not necessarily their fault. Like, yeah, yeah, you want to take it out on the umpire, but this is one where if it's up to the umpires, they probably would just let it go. But the league itself is cracking down, and if they're not doing these checks, they're probably gonna be like, hey. Well, why aren't you doing your job now? Like this is something I said to check for as the commissioner and you, you, you don't want to check, but I'm watching this video and it looks like maybe he should have been checked. Now you're under, under fire for it. Or it's just one of those things where I don't think anybody likes it. I don't think anybody wants to have to deal with it, but they got to work together and I'm not going to drop my pants in front of the umpire. I mean, it's, I get it. it I get where the frustration is coming from. And it's almost like a, a an FU to the league for it. But like that umpire at the same time is like, dude, I I have to do it. Like I have no choice. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. The only annoying thing, Max Scherzer makes complete sense. Joe Girardi had the umpires check him like three times or something. Yep. That's, yep. that's a little I, excessive. Yeah. And like a little, you shouldn't be able to do that. No, 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 no. Like that should be like go, like a challenge rule. Like if you have me go check him once, okay. If he's good, unless I suspect something, it's not. You're not. You're not checking with the third base umpire. Did he swing? This isn't. Shouldn't be that. This shouldn't be that at all. And I don't blame Max Scherzer at all for for yet. He wasn't even really yapping at him at first. He was kind of just staring him down. And Joe Girardi being Joe Girardi, obviously he's got to step out. Words got said. But if he gets, if he's not getting caught and the umpires aren't, don't have cause for concern, let it be. It's almost like coaches look for any little thing to, I mean, and, and it's going to like, that can ruin composure. That could ruin composure of a pitcher just like that. So that's why I think in general, I'm not a fan of it, but to have Joe Girardi abusing it is like, come mm-hmm. on, man, you've been in the league. You, you were a catcher for pitchers, man. Like, come on. I get what, what he's doing. It's a mental game. If Okay, he doesn't get caught, but if I keep doing it, I piss him off. Maybe his composure. We all know how pitchers' composures can get thrown off like that. So I, yeah. it, it's annoying. It's annoying to see. Phillies did get swept, I believe, so... <laughs> Good, uh, good for that. Good ball. Kyle Schwarber had two home runs tonight. He's had eleven Another home runs two? in like thirteen games. Yes, two in like a week. <laughs> Literally, in like two weeks, he's had that. Wow. Yeah, he's been on fire. He had a three home run game, a two home run game, another two home run game in the last nineteen. Like, wow. <laughs> I remember the- talking or just maybe even tweeting out last week. Jared Carabas was like, oh, Cubs fans are missing Kyle Schwarber. And I tweeted, no, their OPS is literally 0.003 difference. And they both have the same amount of home runs or like they're 
slugging's the same. Their average is the same. Kyle Schorber had four home runs in three games. Jack Peterson was on a three-game home run streak. Kyle Schwarber probably saw that tweet was like, you know what? Screw you. 11 home runs in 13 games. And now it's a whole different story. Yeah, you're one with the baseball community, Healy. So you, you definitely sparked something there. <laughs> Good luck trying to get him on the podcast. Thanks. You ruined it. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, that's how he's streaky. He's a very streaky player. I mean, there's a reason why he was in the home run derby at one point in time. He can hit dingers. I mean, that's just, it's Kyle Schwarber for you. Little Bambino, if you will. It's nice to see him doing it, though. Obviously, yeah, playing in Chicago, winning a title with Chicago, and going to Washington, where they were like, uh, you're going to go to Washington with the rest of the roster. Yeah, so. always always great to see the guys that are uh, formerly with the Cubs. Not going to mm -hmm. be mad that the Cubs didn't sign him. I personally thought it was the right decision to let him go. Absolutely. Washington's getting a little hot though. And Wander Franco, that this was a, the probably the last point I wanted to make. Made his MLB debut. He uh, was fantastic in the minors. He had great plate discipline and already in the majors, he had a home run debut game. Yep. He's already walked a few times. He's looked great. And it's it's great to see his discipline is carrying over to the majors. That's going to be a superstar. Which hitting shortstop. And if you are, if you play the show, they had a Wander Franco moment, few games to play. It was fun. I completed that right away. Mm -hmm. Um he's he's the future for sure. He definitely came out strong. Came out strong. So mm -hmm. and then the the last last baseball thing I want to point out. Michael Hermosillo in he has two singles tonight, two for three, in a diving catch. Sitting 368 in AAA, 1,000-plus OPS. Wow. Give him some time, Chicago. Give him a shot. He'll be ready just in time for that playoff ball. October baseball. Next man up. He is ready to go on the, in the Chicago Cubs organization and uh, definitely have to catch a game once that for sure happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, though, but, that is going to do it for the Stanley Ramoli podcast. Pretty long episode, an hour, 22 minutes long. A lot of basketball talk. What happens when uh, we recorded in between two series right there, and there's so much that happened. Download the episode. Give it a like, a rating. Follow us on social media, at SOnlyPod. Follow our personal pages, at, uh, Healy, at the Healy 6 for me on Twitter and Instagram. Yep, and I'm iGoose with four O's, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Go ahead, hit that follow, hit that like, communicate back and forth with us. If you don't like what we have to say, let us know. Let's talk. Let's talk. Pick our brains. And we will see you guys next week for the special Daniel Gafford episode.